Uh, it is. It says Kensington Wood Church of Christ is live now. Okay, so maybe we are live. This is the Unscripted Podcast. 30 seconds late. 30 seconds late. We're, uh, we're, we're coming, coming at, at you live from KW. And we're going to tune in. Last week we talked about the Holy Spirit. Spirit and we didn't even talk about what we're going to talk about this week. week. I, I think, think we kind of both know where we're going. going. We, we, we still relax, like you give it up. Yeah, I'm good with that. So, so this, this is unscripted, your life is unscripted, and we need to fill it with scripture. Um, so we're in, we're in Acts chapter 8, and we're just going to jump right into the text today. Um, you know, we, we're trying to keep these things short, and like last week we went like an hour. An hour. five minutes or something. Yeah, but I mean, it's the Holy Spirit. I know it. And we didn't even touch the tip of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's so. a, it's just the thing is that, you know, the, the challenge with any of this stuff is is how do you give or how do you take the time to learn this stuff, right? For I real. mean, it's just a it's a – Two country boys trying to talk about the essence of the Holy Spirit. And right. <laughs> it's right. like right. – and that's what people – I think some people don't get. It's like, like I want to understand God, but like – if I could really, if my little three-pound brain could explain everything that there is about God, he's probably not worth worshiping. That's right. If, if I get him, then I, I, I lose the all. Yeah. I'm just so thankful that God's so much bigger and better than me. And he's got a bigger, better plan. And so we're here, we're here in, the, in the Word in Acts 8. And uh, so just, I'm going to let you kind of start us off. Um, we're with the... Ethiopian unit here with Philip, Acts eight. So talking about conversions. Conversions, right? And you know the thing that you got to ask yourself, like the reason why we're doing this is so that people can really grasp and understand the significance of conversion, right? Because at the end of the day, if if you and I are just sitting up here talking about what's going on in the eighth chapter of the book of Acts with somebody's conversion story, there's no value in that, right? I mean right. that's that's a you know, that's a, a fairy tale to, to you know, to in the same application, right? Hansel and Gretel or whatever. But what we're talking about is is the fundamental change that comes in your life from conversion. And then and and that's what we're we're really looking at is like how does you know, Colossians would say translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son and that's what we're looking at is this this conversion process that people go through in their life and we really want people to see that that this book is just full of of all these things all these accounts all these stories that we can we can just take such tremendous like comfort in and watch people's conversion process i mean even down to the apostles i mean it was obviously it was a years long process with him Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's from the time Jesus chooses them till the time that oh, yeah. they preach I mean, on Pentecost. Yeah, they're there and right there after the resurrection. You can read in in Mark where in Mark sixteen where it's like they're Jesus is getting on to them. Exactly. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they didn't believe those who had seen him after the resurrection. And it's like. Come on, he told you no less than three times, and you walked with him, you saw these miracles, you saw Lazarus raised from the dead. Why didn't you believe he would raise up? That's right. And now you don't believe it, but that's, I think that's just the way that we are, and and we we need reminded. And even even being, even in our conversion and in life, 
you know, we struggle and and so when we when we look at this, we really I really want people to understand not only how to become a Christian, but then what does Christianity look like? And that's what we're trying to to uh to grasp here in the unscripted podcast is we're not trying to portray to y'all some script or or some something that uh is a fairy tale or we're just we're just two guys who love Jesus and and love people and we just want to we just want to show people Jesus and unfortunately they have to hear us sometimes so and 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 the thing of it is, is that each one of these people their conversion process it follows the same pattern but it takes a different path every time that's right yeah and you look at this guy this eunuch so let's talk about him for a minute you know he's sometimes people think well I think uh, if there if there was anybody who could make it into heaven off of good works or off of just being a good person I would think that this guy would would be in the running you know he's he's a He's a guy who's over the queen's money of Ethiopia. So he's trustworthy. He's trustworthy. Right, he's that's got character. A, he's got an honorable position. That's right. Um, he's in charge of all her treasury. Um, he's gone to Jerusalem. Verse 27, right? That's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's he's gone to Jerusalem to worship. So he's he's setting off this journey to, to go and, and to worship God. And then he's returning. It says he's sitting in his chariot, and he's he's reading from Isaiah the prophet. Now I don't know about you, but like, you know, his chariot, modern day, that's his car. That's right. And so I just think, you know, how many people today go to worship God and coming home they're reading they're reading their Bible in their car on the way home. That's right. And, and you know, I do know some people like that, and and. Those are the people that I want to be like. Yeah. You know, the ones that like, uh, I know Brian Anderson, you know, one of our shepherds here, he does the, he listens to it all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, listen and, to God's word every day, yeah. every month, all of the New Testament every month. Yeah. And, and you know, those people like, like, what's fun about, you know, when I have my Sunday morning, right, you know, we're here mm-hmm. on Sunday morning and. Um, the you one know, you're in charge. Yeah, right. The, 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 the. You know, Tom and I always. You know, Tom's the only one with perfect attendance. You're right. You know, one of our other shepherds, and and every Sunday morning afterwards, we always have a Bible study together, and I always enjoy it because we really dig in and we we dissect something. You know, this little small thing. Y'all do that too. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, so it's just I just I love that, and and but that's what you get with this eunuch right here is you get to, you you know the the Bible allows us to deduce so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's written in a way that we can deduce so many things yeah. about people. The unsearchable riches. The unsearchable riches. And so now what we got is, you know, if we back up, we kind of get to see this New Testament pattern of the church rolling out, right? That that it's going to spread into the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so Acts 1 and verse 8 is this prophecy. After this, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So Acts 1, verse 8. Acts 8 and verse 1 is the fulfillment of that. Philip goes into Samaria, and here you're going to see it, the fulfillment of it just plastered into the rest of the world. Right. And so, you know, because this is an African, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is a guy that's going back to another continent. Yeah. 
Right, so this is a, all over the world now. It's worldwide. So the the blessing of it is is that you know some of the modern translations don't contain the word eunuch in it. Have you noticed that? Mm-mm. Some of the modern translations will say an Ethiopian nobleman. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, I think I have heard that before in a study from some with somebody. Yeah, and 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 probably a lot of it is that there doesn't need to be. Most people don't know what a eunuch is anymore. Right. Right. I mean, I'll let you explain that. <laughs> Frank, no beans. Yeah. And and we'll just leave it at that. And um, the the. You, you know, yeah, and it's for one reason or another, either for for religious reason he did it, or uh, sometimes kings, you know, to to serve a king sometime or to serve a queen, it, you, you know, you got to be all in, and uh, and I think that's probably the case here. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I think that that's why it lists him, you know, when it when it kind of gives his title, it kind of listed on the same plane. You, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in verse 27, so he says. Yeah, a eunuch uh, of great authority, right? Yeah, a eunuch of of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. Right. So, it, like, you get this, like, you know, credentialization there. And so I, I, I believe that they run, you know, the, you see the continuity of it. You know, if, mm-hmm. if I'm a queen, if I'm a king and I'm going off to fight my battles or whatever, right, I want to make sure that my bloodline stays pure. And this is one way that you can absolutely make sure at least from the people that you're putting in charge right. of it, that this would not have... I mean... Well, the second thing... I'm not, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, the other thing is uh, you ain't got to worry about him going off chasing women. Right. And then you ain't got to worry about him necessarily having a family to have to be dealing with. That's uh, right. Not saying that a family's bad, but a family's going to take up your time. That's right. And, of course, Christianity, we, we can hear that. You know, there's... I'm not going all that, but... Uh, you know, with with the there's just a lot of things that a man can be distracted by. That's and and, and certainly this is one of them. Or persuaded, yeah, that's yeah, right. exactly. And I mean, so you figure like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, right. Abednego. Mm-hmm. You know, all these guys were eunuchs. That's right, right. And and Daniel one tells us, yeah. So and we probably need to get into some of this as we go along. So this might be another hour long one. Right. But but there is some rich stuff here, and if you've never heard this story, or if you have a hundred times, we're going to dissect it. Right. Yeah, we're going to. I hope that we can bring out some things that maybe you've never heard before. So so, you know, just just as a characterization, I think it's I I think it's Deuteronomy twenty three. Let's look at Deuteronomy twenty three. Yeah. I believe that Deuteronomy twenty three is. Yeah, where he can't enter the assembly. Yeah, where he can't enter, enter the assembly, and I think it'll be the very first verse. I think, yeah, yeah, here it is. Uh, so, you know, just as a, just to kind of credentialize this guy a little bit deeper, in Deuteronomy twenty-three, you know, so this is like the final, you know, Moses's last couple speeches, you know, three speeches or whatever before, you know, he's going to kind of hand the reins, uh, as it were, to Joshua. Yeah. And so Moses is going back through and reiterating some of those things in the law. In Deuteronomy 23, in verse number 1, it says, He who is emasculated by crushing or mutilation shall not enter the assembly of the Lord. One of illegitimate birth shall not enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. So he goes through this this the, this emasculated person. This is a eunuch. Right? That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the prime picture of what a eunuch would be, somebody that's emasculated. Now, this guy, and I don't know how far, I, you know, you can probably look this up while I'm talking, but it's a couple weeks' journey from Ethiopia 
to Jerusalem. It's a long ways. It's um, modern day today. I looked it up. Um, it's modern day is is twenty six hundred miles, but that's today's roads. Then those there's arguments that maybe it was only sixteen hundred miles back then with with those roads. But either way, uh, today it would take you um, three days in a car to drive from Ethiopia to Jerusalem today. And there's a ferry in between. Um, so there's, Hubbub. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. So literally, if you think about a chariot, clop, that, clop, 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 yeah, clop. the average chariot ride back then was 26 miles a day. 2,600 miles. It, it takes this guy, if the weather's good, right. he's marking off 100 days of his life to get there. Right. And 100 days back. To get back. Two-thirds of his year, um, um, roughly, almost. Yeah. You think? And so this guy's pretty devout, right? Yeah. Even even if he can make it in halftime, right? Let's just say he's booking it. You know, and it takes him 100 days, period. You know, you, you think about So we can go back and look at his character. How much... How good of a job has he done where he can go to the boss and be like, listen, I, I need to bounce out for four months. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, I need to bounce out for four months. So here's this guy that now he's got this journey. Now, it's a commandment, right? I mean, it was a commandment for these Jews that they were supposed to assemble at least for the three big feasts every year. Mm-hmm. And so he's there for, you know, whatever reason. If he's been there for the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles or whatever, you know, whichever one you want to call it. Passover. It almost sounded like you said booze. <laughs> but no, no it's Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Booths. No, those right. are the modern-day Catholic ones. But the yeah. the Feast of um, Booths or Tabernacles, you know, the Passover and Pentecost. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. And so whatever reason, he's he's been to Jerusalem, right, to worship. That's right. But he's not even allowed inside. Yeah. I mean, like, just, just think about how devout of a person. Like, if somebody wanted... You know, I want to be the kind of church, right? I want I want the KW church to be the kind of church where somebody is so devout that they love the church so much that they're willing to just well, stand outside one of our doors. Yeah. And we'll we'll put it on a speaker and and we'll let you listen. And and I think people don't understand the magnitude, especially in his statement when he goes, "What hinders me from being baptized?" Well, don't steal our thunder. I know, but I mean, we're we're diving right into it, but but you look at everything that's hindered this guy, and he's traveled, he's traveled a hundred days to go up here to worship, and they won't even let him in. Stand outside, just to stand outside, and while he's there, right? While he's there, this is such an important thing to him that what does he do? He buys a copy of Isaiah's prophecy, right? So he buys while he's there. Verse um, twenty-eight, and was returning and seeing in his chariot, he was reading. Isaiah the prophet. Well, he could have had it before then. I doubt that he... I venture to say that he bought it and brought it back. Because you figure that... Well, maybe he wanted a, some light reading material on a 100-day journey. I don't know. But either way, the case may be, he's got a copy of the scroll. Mm-hmm. So, and here's something as an interesting caveat, all right? I want you to... This is something that we can use as, a, as kind of a sidebar, but I think it's important because a lot of modern-day liberal theologians and Jews discredit the last parts of the book of Isaiah. Right. They discredit it because it's this prophecy that he's reading from in Isaiah, our Isaiah 53, so explicitly points to Jesus. So explicitly points to Jesus. Yeah. So the Jews reject that. They reject it. They mm-hmm. say it's it's a it's a modern thing. It was written post captivity or something like that. Yeah. This is awesome. I mean, the, 
the go ahead the wisdom of the spirit the holy spirit to put that in there and put a pin on it that's right that it's not some modern invention that this is is, is an absolute so the, the and he's reading he's riding back right philip is called away from samaria right and he just the spirit just tells philip you know poof you know however this thing happens it it doesn't really say you know was this like a beam me up scotty thing or <laughs> whatever right but philip he just says, "Go and join yourself to the to the chariot." That's right. And so, in verse twenty-eight, we see the eunuch sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet. Verse twenty-nine, the spirit said to Philip, "Go near and overtake the chariot." So, what's Philip do? Philip listens to the spirit. Point number one: If you're making a sermon, always listen to the spirit, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, uh, Philip ran to him and heard him reading from the prophet. So, it's, he's reading out loud. You, you 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 ever wonder why he was reading out loud? I wondered if if it's because he's got other people with him or or what. Yeah, I would say a guy who's in charge of the queen's money. I would say he's probably not riding by himself. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Like like he's, he's probably, probably got an a entourage. Big caravan. Yeah. yeah, entourage caravan. Yeah, huge. Yeah, exactly. And so so uh, he's reading from the prophet, and he said, "Philip, ask him a question. Here is a perfect example." Of how we should teach people. Yeah, and a perfect response for an honest student. Because Philip says he doesn't tell him what he needs; he just asks him. Do you understand what you're reading? Yeah, you get this. That's right, and that's the way the Lord taught people. Was with so many times, he doesn't ask closed questions; he asks open open-ended questions. Open-ended questions. He's drawing their true thoughts and feelings out, and so that's what Philip is doing here. He's saying, "You get what you're reading there." And, and it's so wise. So many times we want people to hear us. Absolutely. We, I want people to hear what I got to say about this. And instead, man, it's such an awesome way to. And this can be a, a tactic for us to understand evangelism and understand people. Is people want to be understood. Whoever it is that you're trying to reach with the gospel, they want to be heard too. They want to be understood. And so asking them that open ended question. Instead of going, hey, you want to hear what I got to say? Or, hey, let me knock on your door. You know Jesus. You know, right. do you want to have a Bible study? Or it's, you know, it's, it's an awesome thing. And, and in today's society, when you're in the real world and you see that opportunity, man, I just, I want to be somebody who just seizes that opportunity and and just takes a hold of it and, and says, all right, there's my end. There's a way to build a relationship with them, and there's a way to enter Jesus. You understand what you're reading? That's right. And that's exactly what Philip does. He doesn't say, hey, let me tell you. Hey, yep. you know what you're doing over there? Yeah, hey, God sent me over here to talk to you, so uh, can you close that and listen up for just a few minutes? <laughs> right, right, I'm inspired. Right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, hey, you want to say a miracle? Because right. I did them over in Samaria. Yeah, call them. Right? Yeah, just ask them. <laughs> right. Send them here, I'll just show you one right now. Right. Boom, 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 boom. No, no, that's not what he does. You right? understand he, what you're reading? Yeah, and, and so here's the, here's the, here is the, the blessing of this. Philip, requi- the eunuch, requires no miracle. Mm-hmm. He's going to be converted without miracles. He's going to be converted just with the scriptures. That's right. The same way that anybody will be converted today. So that that kind of kicks us back. You know, it's isn't it so awesome? I never really thought about this till now, but isn't it awesome that that what piggybacks this this miracle hiccup, right? This conversion story with all the miracles and everything mm-hmm. like it. What piggybacks it is the one where it's entering to the rest of the world with 
just the scripture. Simplicity. Simplicity. Isn't that just an yeah. awesome thing? The wisdom of the spirit. Yeah. Oh, so the spirit calls him away. Oh, yeah. Philip, go do this because I was going to be written in God's word this way. Hey, it's just so awesome. So here we go, right? So let's get into the let's get into the text. Philip ran to him and said, uh, "Do you understand what you're reading?" And he said, "How can I, unless someone guides me?" And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Yep. So Philip must not be somebody. I'm changing earbuds here because I'm hearing an echo. But yeah, Philip must not be some like dude who looks like he's in a cult or some dude who looks uh, abrasive or weirdo. Um, you know, there's these guys. Uh, we work security sometimes. Guys from our our unit police force would work security as a second job at the Titan Stadium for NFL and. And uh, so they go up there, and I remember they was just telling there was these guys on the side of the road, you know, Sunday games, and they would stand out there with bullhorns, and they're screaming at people. They're like, turn before you burn. You know, <laughs> you're going to die. You better repent. And they're reading like Old Testament scriptures. or shouting them out, and they're like, yeah, you, return to red shirt. Yeah, you, yeah, you better turn before you burn. Going to watch a ball game on a Sunday, you're going to die. You know, you're going to go to hell. And the eunuch's like, hey, you want to come up here and sit with me? Have a seat. What 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 Philip did was present to him a, a situation where logic can follow, right? I mean, there, he presented a situation to where, yeah, I think this is something I want to understand. If he'd have went up there and been like, you know, uh, why are you reading that? Yeah, you're like, what do you, what are you thinking? Like, like I've had people actually tell me before that I don't have a right to teach people because I'm not credentialized by any kind of school of of theology yeah. or anything like that that I don't have a neither neither was Peter yeah, right. or Philip or and, John yeah and so you know what what you see is Philip just following this logical progression he just asking him do you, do you get what you're do you, are you picking up what he's putting down that's what he's asking him and he's like no I just I need a bump so come, yeah. can you help me out and so Philip gets up in the I mean get gets up in the chariot with him right and so what do they do what do they do? Here's here's something an interesting kind of a, a thought about this. You get to see here how God's plan. You know Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. When God placed the preaching of the gospel in the hands of men, right? First Corinthians one twenty one, the foolishness of preaching. Yeah. When He placed that pattern into the hands of men, He did not change it. He did not, any way yeah. that men would be saved, it would be through the preaching of the gospel Amen. from then on. Mm-hmm. And you see that pattern fulfilled right here. How does how is the eunuch saved? Through the preaching of the gospel, not through some divine spirit intervention, not through, like, you know, we got into the Calvinist mm-hmm. subject last week, right? How can I? Help me reason this thing out. You know, help me Help me understand, right? So you get to see God has already caused this miracle, Right for Philip to know that there's this eunuch, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. However, this thing is, there's this guy that's there. seeking, right? The promise that the Lord said, "You seek, and you'll find. You knock, and it'll be it'll open." You know, the this scenario is playing out, but but what he does not breach is the pattern by which men are saved. That's right, and I love where Philip just takes this guy. He takes him right where he's at. Right where he's at. And this guy's reading about Jesus. You know, he was. 32 place in the scripture and that that's that's the point you were making a minute ago the place in the scripture 
where he read was this, and it's pointing that Isaiah 53 is a part of Scripture. Modern-day Jews, a lot of them, they discredit that. Holy Spirit here says Isaiah 53 is S-C-R-I-P-T-U-R-E, it's Scripture. And so he, placing the Scriptures, Jesus, he led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opened not his mouth. And uh, continue to talk, you know, he's he reads, continues to read, and so the eunuch says, 34, I ask you, whom does, who does the prophet talking about? Who does he say this of, himself or some other man? And I love what Philip does. Is, so Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, there's scripture again, he preaches Jesus to him. People need Jesus. So this is a perfect time for you to interject this thing that we talked about. You know, you showed me this years ago. I don't remember when it was, this Isaiah 56 deal. Yeah, so, yeah, Terry Bradford, um, he's probably doing whatever Christians do in paradise right now today. But he pointed this out to me, and, and he pointed out the whole you know, long day journey and the Deuteronomy 23 can't enter the assembly, but uh, my sweet brother pointed this out. So I would imagine that, that the eunuch had probably read in Isaiah 56 at some point. Well, you gotta, I'm sorry. Uh, if I'm Philip, right, and I'm the evangelist, I want to be effective as I can be. You know, because it says he began at this scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always I've wondered if the reason why he begins in Isaiah 53 right there is in his humiliation, you know, as a lamb before the shear dump, you know, all these things just talking about how the humiliation of Jesus, if it begins there because the eunuch, you wonder what kind of humiliation he had to suffer to go for him, them to, for him to go and then be like, why aren't you going inside? And he's like, oh, well, I'm a eunuch. I can't, I can't go inside. You know, yeah, I can't. There's just there's things that I can't do. I think he's probably reading here in, in Isaiah, and he's he reads in Isaiah 56, and he sees that God's got a plan, but he's trying to go back to 53 and get some clarity from it. You know, in in 53, he he says in verse 11, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. That's you know, he's, God's going to see the labor of Jesus and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. And so he, he's standing outside the temple in Jerusalem after a 100-day journey up there, and he's not justified. And he's like, you know, what's going on here? He shall bear their iniquities. And, uh, and so Jesus is going to bring salvation to all these people. But in Isaiah 56, God is, is talking to the eunuchs. Verse 3. Yeah. So verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord. Verse 3 says, Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. That's what the eunuch was. Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am a dry tree. In other words, I have no reproductive value. Right. You know, I'm, I'm a tree without fruit. That's right. Verse 4, For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, and choose what pleases me, and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. So 
God's telling them, one day, you're going to get the reward of heaven. The thing that separates you from the assembly, like, like this is why I think that when, when you pointed this out to me, I thought like, this is just such a great example for me as a as somebody that wants to save souls that I've got to be, I've got to be, I've got to be. What's the word like? Sympathetic or understanding somebody's situation because you know you take somebody that's that suffers under some kind of burden in their life. Oh yeah, we talk to people like that all the time. That just just want to just kind of shrug it off, right? You know, aren't there certain ways that I'm going to articulate the the way that I'm going to teach them then from mm-hmm. that burden? And and here's this eunuch, right? This guy that realizes that he's a dry tree, that is doesn't have a place within the walls. Right? Yeah. He can't go in the temple proper. Right? He doesn't have a place, but in the church, right? In the church, the place of salvation, the holy place today, he's got a place. That's right. What separated you from before is nothing now. It, it's all that that barrier is gone. That's right. You know, the, when the Lord, when the reproach. Of us was laid on him by his stripes were healed you know i know it's the the sin right but but you know just think about this eunuch like all of a sudden like he gets this this blessing in his life this understanding that that now this hundred day journey and me to stand outside and just to try to catch snippets right like what did they say how did it go what what did that's done yeah the highway of holiness that isaiah uses you know is now open you know, it, it's everybody can pass on it that wants to. That's right, and it's a. Uh, um, there's there's so many points that just come to my head right now that I think about. It's like, first of all, some people go, well, "How in the world would somebody know if he's a eunuch or not?" You know, and I had to answer that question in a in a Bible class <laughs> recently. You remember that right. in Sunday morning class, and and to enter into the the to the temple in those days, if you were you know, you had to strip down and and naked and and walk into these uh, into these pools of water. Baptistries. Yeah, that's but, right. And completely dip and then come up and out. And so they could, because there's so many things that would keep a Jew from going in. If you had some kind of disease, first of all, you you know, you had to be circumcised. Uh, but so all these things, God want to keep His people clean and keep the the holy place clean. And it's just a, it's it's one of them type any type things that we see now. We've got to keep sin out of our life, right? And and let no blemishes be uh, with us. There's no darkness should be in our lives. But um, but you know, I think I think about this eunuch too, and it's like this guy, he's never going to have a family. He's he's not going to have grandkids come and and, and sit around his table. But this guy, he's he's made it as as far as he can. He's made it as high as he can in the in the secular world. You know, being over the queen's money, I don't know how much better you can get. Yeah, top of the game. Yeah, but yet he's still there's still something missing in his life, and he's searching for it. And so here he is. He's going to Jerusalem, and 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 so he gets up there with with supposed to be rabbit ears God's people, and they he can't even enter in the assembly. Now I don't know if he's gone through that a whole bunch in his life or. Or if or or what, but he's reading in Isaiah fifty six. I would say, or Philip's going to point out that one day, buddy, you are going to be allowed. And and that's that's the thing is like for me as an evangelist, or or when I use that term, I mean anybody that's trying to save souls. Yeah, right? teach 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 the word. Anybody mm-hmm. that's trying to teach people the lost. Like I, I I want to look at this scenario and I want them to see that. People need to, you don't need to sweet talk Jesus to people, right? But they need to hear what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, this guy, the things that you pointed out, no family. Wow. 
I've got a universal family. Is it wasn't one of the awesome things when you went with us to Honduras the first time, like that you really got that there's this universal family? Oh yeah. That there's no like grace period or trial or like filling each other out, like boom. That's yeah, right. I just got family everywhere. That's right. Right? Yeah, we, we met each other in Honduras. That's right. And so so here you go. You got this guy like Philip is like you've got a family, right? Mm-hmm. And and you can have offspring now, right? You know, because the Lord wants us to bear fruit, right? Fruits of, 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 of you know, that's what the parable of the soils is about, right? So yeah. the only one bears fruit, and that's the one that's the accepted one. And so, you know, your your genetic bloodline lineage, right, goes all the way back to this, this scenario with John, where John is, you know, the, 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 the Jews, Jews are like, like well, we're children of Abraham. Abraham. John, John says, says rocks can, can be children, children of Abraham. Abraham. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you, you got to realize that they're just... God can do whatever he wants to do. You're Jesus like that. Jesus said that. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, your genetics, your lineage, pfft, it's nothing. It's nothing. God talked to Moses, and he's like, all right, none of these people will fix it up. Wipe them out. He's like, I'm going to create another from you. And Moses like, all right, God, let's say reason with him. And that's a whole other story. But, yeah, God can do whatever he wants to do. He can raise his own people. So, it's, you know, we might have someone listening today that's like, you know, you, you may have, have, they may have, have a whole lot of things going against them in their life. Or they may have a whole lot of things going good for them. The youth got both. That's right. He, the, the, the family son is gone, you know, but his, his social status, his work status is great, but yeah, there's still an emptiness there. And the key here is, like, you seek and you'll find God put opportunities. And the Lord knows what you're seeking. And so he sends Philip as his evangelist in his life. That's the sinner's prayer, right? You get that? That's the sinner's prayer. Seek and you'll find. There is no Yeah, you know the, That's right. You know that. What? And I don't. I can't pretend to make understandings of how, but 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 you know the Lord said, seek and you'll find. Not going to be open to you. And and so if you have the the person that is seeking out there, I, I don't know how it'll be. You know, I mean, like, like Esther 4, 4, you know, you don't know whether you come to the kingdom for a time such as this. Right. I just, I got to play the hand I'm dealt right in front of me. But God makes a plan that he's going to save all men through the preaching of the gospel. And so if all men are going to be amenable to the gospel of Christ, then all men that want to find it, God's going to make a way. Whatever that means. Jesus. So Jesus And so that's the cool thing. He's preaching Jesus to him, and then... We don't know how long this sermon was, how long this conversation was, and it's a it's pretty cool thing. You can talk about Brian Anderson, too, and he preached a sermon one time. Uh, verse 35, the, the blank between verse 35 and 36 is is an unspoken sermon. That's right. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's blank, and then Philip is found at the beginning of the scripture to preach Jesus to him. 36, we get a response from unity. And we don't know how long this was. For years, I thought, this is probably like a... All it says is they went down the road. You know, in country terms, you know, down the road is a journey. You know, like you only you only describe down the road with the, with the app. You know how you modify it, right? Where they live, down the road of peace, down the road of ways, down the road is a, is a, is just yeah, right, right, right. How you modify it? You don't get that here, right? All, all we know is this: that Philip sit down with him, 
And he began right there in Isaiah and he preached unto him, the one that was led away in humiliation, that the Savior of the world could step onto the scene of humanity and keep his mouth closed when all he could have done, he could have called 10,000 angels, right? The song we sing, but he chose not to. And that preaching was enough to convince him because in verse 36, what does he say? Yeah, it's, it's amazing that he's a student here, the eunuch is a student. In, in the first, after, after Philip starts preaching Jesus, we see that the student recognizes what he needs to do. And he's the one that brings it up. And so, and so he brings up baptism. And, and he says, okay, uh, here's some water. So what do we know that Philip, what do we know that preaching Jesus, what, do we, what can we absolutely deduce then that preaching Jesus involves? It involves water. But that's the only thing that you can come to because here's the bottom line. All right, if, if all the student has to do is preach a quote unquote sinner's prayer, if all, if all he has to do is pray and ask Jesus in his heart, this chair keeps running That's right. If all he has to do is repent and turn from his wicked ways, the chair keeps rolling. That's right. If all that he has to do is call on the name of the Lord, as, as people would say, the chair keeps rolling. That's right. But he stops him. He stops him. So anybody that's a member here at KW, let me just tell you, it's always okay to stop me in the middle of a sermon. So, yeah. so, so if, if, if you need to make any kind of change, don't put that always in front of her. If you, if you need the Lord, you need to be baptized. Right. Right. Not for political reasons. Yeah, right. 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 You got ingrown toenail on your prayers. Don't use always and never. Because. Right. Right. No, no. But yes. Yeah, what I'm getting at is that. Uh, well, we know what you're Yeah, getting right. At. Right. I know. the. Uh, We're ready anytime somebody needs, the, yeah. somebody needs the gospel. Yeah, that's exactly right. Anytime somebody wants to respond, there's no, there is no set time. That's right. And, and Philip. You know, interrupts him. I mean, the you unit interrupts him. Interrupts yeah. him. He's like, "Well, what what holds me back now?" Yeah, nothing. And, and I think about this. You know, I, I remember my dad. My dad just come up with this era of preaching that was just like real good and boisterous and sometimes poetic, but it was just kind of proper preaching. I mean, I I go back and listen to my dad's sermons. This is kind of a good thing from COVID nineteen. I get to go and listen to my dad's sermons now. You know, if he preaches for he preached for Eddie on mothers on mothers on Mother's Day, and um, and so I got to go back and listen to preaching him. And so my dad's style of preaching and mine are different, but my dad's always I've heard him preach, you know. And so he he's he dad uses the proper uh, voice a lot of times, and so you know that with his Spanish, right? Right. Uh, so he um, that's another joke. We love you, Winston. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So like. <laughs> I guess I'll just go into it for a second. <laughs> but so in, in Spanish, like, Dad is, has such proper Spanish that when if he go, caught, walks up to somebody, if Chris would say, you would say, hey, what's up? How's it going? Dad's like, hello there. Good afternoon. G good afternoon. What is the state of your affairs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And right. so, love you, Dad. Um, but it, it was just proper. So I just always remember hearing as a kid um, – you know, the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hindered me from being baptized? And that's why I always heard it. But I can just imagine that the eunuch was, in my mind, he's probably like, he's probably crying. 
mm-hmm. and he's probably saying, you know, thinking, I traveled a hundred miles up here, and I can't even enter in an assembly. And like now you're telling me about Jesus who's supposed to take away everything and, and allow it allow salvation and it's like all right, so what what's going what keeps me from doing this? And I can just imagine I mean, you know, you've talked to those people, it's like you can truly tell when the Lord's working on their heart. Mm-hmm. And and that's the way that I hear that scripture is he's like, All right, there's water. What's holding me back? But don't you love when when I mean the people that I have been involved in their conversion process? When when you get to that point with people where they're like, oh no 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 no, we got to do this now. Man, yeah. those are the people that like it sticks. Yeah, you know I mean like those are the ones that like you when you can't beat them off the water. We ain't leaving. Yeah, that's right. Right. I've I've had people like look at me before and like, well, you we're gonna go be. Uh, like I gotta be baptized now. Yeah, they look at you like, like you should have put this together. Like, what's what? What are you doing? Yeah, like what? Because because sometimes now, like I learned pretty early on that it's like if I can convince somebody to be baptized, sure, I can sell somebody on it. Right? Yeah, but I can't I can't sell somebody whenever they're out there in the fight of their life and they're because here's a question that I think everybody has to ask and this is one question that I've started asking people is can you be the same person tomorrow in the world as you are today in the water don't peck on the table sorry it's coming across strong on mine I'm sorry yeah so can you be the same person tomorrow and can you be the same person in the world in the wilderness that's right as you are in the water today mm-hmm. you know because Christianity it starts with baptism but it 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 just that's the starting point. Your baby. Your baby. You're born. And and God God so what I can't what what I find trouble con- convincing and for all of you preachers or evangelists, youth ministers, uh moms, dads, whoever, evangelism is not just saving the lost, it's keeping safe saved Amen. as well. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, and lo I'm with you always to, right. to the end of age. We're all in this. That's part of the commission. And keeping people in the church, and sometimes I might have to swallow my opinion about a copier or about a floor color or paint wall color or whatever to help somebody stay in the church. Because at the end of the day, I want them in heaven. Mm-hmm. And I want to be in heaven, and I care less about a wall color or whatever. But the, but when you get back to the to the eunuch, I mean, he he's seeing what hinders me from being baptized and uh and so what i love about this is you know the i guess there's some debate from scholars as far as what's included in this you know in the text here whatever with you verse, mean as far as like, how, like verse how 37 the, the the esv you know some of the modern trans you know it doesn't mm-hmm. exist in some of them yeah. yeah that's right so anybody that's going to be reading this from the esv let's just go ahead and and tell them that you know verse 37 most of your uh, I say most like your ESV Bible. It just omits verse number thirty-seven. It'll mm-hmm. go thirty-six and thirty-eight, and it's just because there seems to be some—I wouldn't say contention, but it doesn't exist in some of the earliest manuscripts. So what they've done is they've just decided the people that translated it mm-hmm. just to leave that out. Right. However, let's let's. Un- it, doesn't, it doesn't change the spectrum of everything else. It doesn't change anything about the story. That's right. You know whether or not this guy can, and, and and really. It's not a confession that's some kind of like we akin to public confession. Yeah. Oh, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. No, that's not. It's it's really just Philip, you know, really, if, if it's there, and, and I, I believe it probably is, but 
even if it's not there, really what you're getting after is Philip is saying like, okay, you, you, you know you asked me at the beginning, like, who's this guy talking about? And now you're, you're telling me to stop and there's water over here? Why? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Philip is. It's not that Philip needs, you know, his salvation will not depend on whether Philip hears him say that he believes in Jesus. Right. His salvation will depend on way that what his response to the gospel will be, in the sense of how it's going to prove itself out from the time he's immersed for the forgiveness of his sins until the day that he crosses death's threshold. And so when Philip asks him this question, he's it's this is like a Philip confirmation. Really, you know, you know, Philip is just kind of you know, searching through this thing in his head with him. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, and this is so so for if you have ASV, you probably have a footnote that says uh, that this is there, and then if you don't, if you have you know New King James, New American Standard, something like that, um, King James version, you'll probably have a footnote down there that says, "Hey, some versions, uh, you know, omit that verse." But here's what verse thirty-seven says. Then Philip said, so, so the eunuch says, what hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And the answer said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so what I love about this is, is the eunuch goes, what hinders me from being baptized? And, you know, Philip could have said, well, you got to promise you're never going to say another cuss word. <laughs> or you got to promise that you're never going to have an impure thought, ever. Or uh, you got to promise that, uh, that you're always going to do what's right with the queen's money. Right. You know, or... Or, you know, sometimes it could be a good works doctrine. you got to promise that uh, you're going to teach it every single VBS. Mm. Or you're going to go on 17 mission trips. Mm. Or uh, you, you got to you gotta promise that you're going to go back to your country. And Give you, 10%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give your tithes. You know, or, that's right. And... Or man, you better make sure you're at every single assembly. And so he's there's all these contentions sometimes that we put on things, the world, the, you know, the religious aspect. And he's like, look, if you believe in Jesus with all your heart, because if you're believing with all your heart, everything's gonna fall. Everything's gonna fall in place. You you're you're gonna be a given person. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be at every assembly. You're gonna teach at VBS. You're gonna be at. That's you're right. gonna go on these mission trips. You're not gonna want to say cuss words. These things are gonna bother you. So That's right. The, the hinging factor is if you believe with all your heart, you can. If you're willing to go all in, and, and because the response to that is going to change everything about your life. Yes. I mean, look at how many people we have here that serve in so many different ways. Absolutely. And, and all those are born of the response that they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what it's born of. Yeah, don't start naming things because, man, we'll be I here know, all day. I know. I'm not. And, 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 and I we're want, serious about it. we got a, such an awesome congregation. And listen, there's God's people are like that all over the place. I'm getting text messages from somebody right now about our Frank and Beans comment, you know, asking me, are we cooking Frank and Beans tonight? <laughs> so, no, no. So, the, uh, and, but that person is one of those people. Oh, yeah. And the, you know, so that's born all those things. You know, I make up my mind then that I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to be with my family. So then I don't have to, like, decide on Wednesday night, do I need to come to church or not? Or, or, you know, like I would really like to go play football, or I'd like to play base. You know, like I don't know if you've seen this evolution or not, but like I've never seen evolution. <laughs> this change. Yes, I know. That like when I was a boy, they just didn't schedule things on Wednesday and Sundays. Right. Well, they did for us. Um, I'm 
All stars, anyways. But you know now they just schedule everything. They schedule any time. Any time, and so you know parents are having to force to make a lot of decisions and a lot of parents. You're not yes, parents. You have a great opportunity. Willie Franklin's one of the best evangelists I know, and he would tell he his son was a superb athlete. I mean, he's a D one you know athlete and and played at University of Missouri, and and he he converted like five of this of his son's football coaches. But he would, and his baseball coaches, and he'd tell them, he's not, he's not playing on Sunday. He would tell them he's not playing in a, in a tournament game. And my dad, we were devout Christians, and but if we had a ball tournament out, you know, on, on the weekends, we would go to church wherever it was, and then we'd go to the ball tournament. Mm-hmm. Willie Franklin, now this, his word to me, uh, last summer, he said, I'd tell him, he, he ain't playing on Sunday. And it's like, they're like, he's the best player on the team. And he's like, let me tell you how important this is. And that he used that as an opportunity to convert people to bring them to Christ. Amen. By the way, um, we got people watching from East Africa today <laughs> and well, commenting on our podcast. Well, welcome, brothers. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you got great opportunities. Everybody does. And and so here's the Big decisions. Uh, you know, so before we take one of our evangelist tangents here, let's get back on the, the topic. Yep. The so what happens? They command the chariot to stand still. So they're still on their pile. They're still on their journey. Yep. Right? And then he sprinkles him. Yeah. Right. He sprinkles him. He wrong. Gets his, if it's a hundred day journey, what is the one thing you know he's carrying with him? Yeah. Right. That's right. So, Water. And th- that's one thing that I always try to point out to people. It's like, um, you know that I got to get back and make sure we got the right camera or make sure I get the shot in there. But it's like. I know this isn't water, but it's water with one of your little packets that you're so generous to give me today. But if I took this water, could I sprinkle you with this? Technically? Yeah. Yeah. But me and you can't go down into this water. No. No, it's going to take <laughs> two, a lot two, more. Two big boys, <laughs> two big boys going down into this water. And that's the whole point. This this shows us immersion. That's right. And and they went down into the water, he baptized him, and then they came up out of the water. Yeah, and, and you know as well as I do that that it's because of that birth process. You know, that's at John 3, 3 through 5. You know, you say that one time. I'll tell you a funny story. One time I was sitting there with a, uh, studying with somebody, and they had a bottle like that. And I was like, and I, so I picked up their bottle, and I was like, don't you think this would be good enough? You did that here, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. And they just had the lid sitting on it, so I drowned them. Whoosh! I thought, <laughs> man. Great job, Chris. Great job, Chris. So it, you thought the lid was on it. I thought the lid was on it. And I was like, so this would be good enough then. <laughs> And whoosh, I drowned her. See, that I, girl told me the story, and I, and she was acting like you meant to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I meant to do it, but I didn't mean for the lid not to. I thought the lid was on you there. Thought the lid was gonna stay. Yeah. So, but, unscripted, right? Unscripted. But you know, on on a whatever two, three month, four month journey, you gonna carry water with you a through the desert. A bunch of it. Yeah, and that's a whole other thing. Is this probably wasn't one little chariot rolling down the road? We talked about that, but it, it, if you're going, if you're going. 200 days or 100 days you ain't got one little old chariot rolling down the road and if you if people are going to be like that's you know if you're a robbers right yeah i mean like the jericho road take them out mm-hmm. you know i mean like that that's why the lord kind of uses that in the in the good samaritan the jericho yeah. road was a terrible road it was right. a terrible trade route and so one little chariot yeah one little they'd chariot. been on that like a pack of dogs on yeah, a three-legged exactly. cat they'd have picked him off outside the city you know <laughs> <laughs> right exactly 
And so, no, 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 no. It's probably he's provisioned. Yeah. I mean, if he's security his game, yeah. right? I mean, he's he's provisioned. That's right. But what do they have to do? They got to go down in the water. They got to go down in. They the got to stop that chariot. Yep. So what happens? They go down into the water. Why? Because there was much water, right? They mm-hmm. went down into the water, and he what? Baptized him. Baptized him. And here's another cool thing: is I hear all these people who who are trying to advocate for um, for baptism not being essential. They're like, "What if you got two people out in the middle of the desert, and they learn the gospel out in the middle of the desert?" Um, <laughs> you go up. Uh, Acts eight verse thirty nine. No. Yep. Uh, now there's another spot that's right down through here somewhere. I thought it was. I thought that they were going. I thought that they were traveling across the desert right here. Anyways, uh, you know that this place that that they're traveling, anyways, has water. Yeah, but but a lot of this area. Yeah, yeah. So uh, verse twenty six. The end of verse twenty six. The road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. desert. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I wasn't. I knew I wasn't going crazy, but yeah. So they're in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that's right. And the Lord's going to provide a way. That's right. And, and what what happens here? I mean, it, it's just like the Lord's Supper, right? You think about that. Everybody everywhere can have unleavened bread, mm-hmm. and they can have grape juice. Or fruit, fruit of the vine. It don't fruit, have to be grape. Yeah, fruit of the vine. You know, everybody everywhere can have the fruit of the vine. And so it doesn't say, you know, it doesn't have to be oranges no. or apples. You know, I mean. That's, that's fruit of a tree. Do they have apples down here? In the in the you know like we always grew you know like yeah you're not gonna have much many apple trees down here it just don't get cold enough mm-hmm. I reckon but you see why you got good peach trees right but yeah that that's the reason why yeah that's right that's right but you can grow uh, things on the vine grow anywhere so here you go you have Philip and the eunuch response and what does he do don't say sprinkle me don't say pour a little bit on me he says we're going down there now mm-hmm. I want to be born again amen. And they go down into the water, and he baptizes. And they come up out of the water. Philip and the eunuch go down into the water, and what happens? He yeah. come up out of the water. That's right. And and he went on his way, rejoicing. Uh, Why was he rejoicing? Oh, I guess because he was probably took a bath. Yeah, and he was probably like, I would think that his rejoicing would probably be like he would have a sour look on his face when he enters into you know. You think about it. some people. I look out and people singing songs in church, and they're like, "I'm I'm happy today. Oh yes, I'm happy today in Jesus Christ." And they're like, they got the, this sour look on their face, and it's like, right. the Lord causes us to rejoice. That's right, because we're born again, and so this life, everything that's happening in it, it's it's not it. We're, we live resurrected lifestyles, and the other thing is, everywhere that the that civilization is going to set up. You're gonna have large magnitudes of water. You got to, or else civilization's not gonna set up. Or they're gonna die. Yeah, so they're not gonna settle there. If they do, that they're gonna. Anyways, there, there's been some people in some remote locations that militarily have have placed on some high grounds and things, but yet they still in these digs and things of these places there are large vats to hold water. Because you gotta have water to live. That's right. And 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 you got. <laughs> Amen. You gotta have water to live. You gotta and have water to be born again. And you gotta have water to live again. That's right. And the that's what you have here is the eunuch. Why is he rejoicing? Because he gets a family. Because he can bear fruit. 
because he can be inside the walls. I mean, you know, and we ain't talking about the church building, right? We're talking about the church, the the house of the saved, the 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 place where God's people are at. You know, all those things. That's why he's rejoicing, and God saw it fit. We don't see any record, okay? We don't see any record of all of any kind of miraculous passing from the apostles going on here. Nobody going to Ethiopia or anything like that to lay hands on him. He left with a copy of Isaiah. That was how he was equipped to save souls. So now he's got a responsibility to carry that message on, to bear that fruit. That's right. There's a. I saw this in, within the last two years that that they, you know, that they believe that this Ethiopian went back and, you know, the church established mm-hmm. there in mm-hmm. Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that. Um, you know, there's no historical record yeah. that could prove any of those things out. Right. You know, we do know that the Ethiopians were very devout. I mean, like in Christendom, mm-hmm. you know, like you remember the Indiana Jones movie mm-hmm. where they're in the, the the carved out walls, right? The temple that's you know the la- the Raiders, the Last Crusade. Sounds like every Indiana yeah, right, Jones right. The Last Crusade with Sean Connery in it, the one mm-hmm. where they're traveling through that little yeah yeah yeah. That's Ethiopia, you know. That's where they're at. They're in the the Coptics. As a matter of fact, the Muslims that have adopted the the prostrate prayer. Mm-hmm. They get it from the Ethiopians. The Ethiopians were the first ones to be prostrate in prayer. I love all the things that you know. <laughs> I read that before I got here. <laughs> no. no, I saw it on Facebook. It's true. Yeah, that's right. It must no, be but, true. But, you know, essentially what, what you're seeing here is the seed of the gospel of going to be germinated everywhere else. And so, you know, what a blessing it is, Bob, to see these conversion processes and see how God's plan preached in its purity changes lives. Ain't that a blessing? Amen. Doesn't that make you want to do it even more? Absolutely. Bob, I'm so glad we got to study this today. Amen. This is The Unscripted.